Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Texas Podcast Massacre. I'm indeed your host, Tank Rodriguez, brought to you with our other host via Zoom, our horror experts, my best friends. We got Jimothy James Dean. How you doing? Sup, sup, sup. Sup, sup, sup. That is a good sup. I Ooh, love it. I love is, the uh, energy. That's heartier than Campbell's soup, man. That is a, that's a, a that's hearty sup. That's a Very Saturday good. off uh, feed up. Sup, sup, sup. So. There we go. Hey, uh, and as always, the dirtiest of the dirtiest. Dirty, dirty Derek. How you doing? Good, man. I am, uh, I'm just putting the bang in Bangkok, you know? Uh, <laughs> here, I get here, it. Here at home. Yeah, because we are you'll we're get, definitely you'll get the reference. Well, we're, we're definitely talking about you know Asian horrors today. Uh, so, uh, oh wait, Asian horror, horror is what I was meant to say, not Asian <laughs> horrors. That's a different. <laughs> group. That's that's the relationship show. That's the relationships. If you want to learn about about Asian horrors, then then tune into the other podcast. Oh man, but both y'all doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are y'all doing all right today? Yeah, yeah, man, no complaints. Awesome. Yeah, yeah awesome. no yeah. Good deal. All no, no complaints. So what have y'all been watching in this past week? Oh, well, James, and I, I guess I'll go first because James was telling me what he was watching. Yeah. Uh, so I was super stoked to find out. Uh, so uh, HBO Max launched uh, last yep, week. Man. Awesome. Uh, and they got a pretty decent horror lineup, man. I yes, was, they do. I was super surprised. So I, uh, I watched a little... Uh, Little scanners. Uh, mm-hmm. I watched a little. Was watching uh, Jason Goes to Hell mm-hmm. just a few minutes ago. Um, and let's see what else did I, I watch? Um, Carnival of Souls. Uh, oh, so nice. yeah, man. They That's have a, a plethora of Godzilla movies too. Yeah, Kill All Monsters, and they had some good stuff in there. I was I was really thoroughly surprised. Um, I thought it was going to be. I, I, there was. Uh, Watch a little bit of Doom Patrol too, which I had watched most of the first season, but I missed the last few episodes. So I was like, you know what? It's on there. I'll go, ch- I'll go check it out. I, I like nice. that show. It's probably one of the uh, the better DC uh, DC shows that, that are out there. So um, yeah, great cast. Really, they did. They uh, really went for it to make it as weird yeah. as the uh, you know the comic, yeah. especially the, those Grant Morrison years yeah. in the comic. I'll say good good for Brendan Fraser too for uh, exactly you know, for for making a comeback in that show and uh, and you know hopefully get in a season two. So I, I thought and uh, the guy who plays Cyborg too, I was like, you know what? He actually is a better Cyborg than the uh, Justice League Cyborg. So the only uh, problem is that he's like five three and it bugs the shit. Tiny. Yeah, so, especially for being was he a running back? Um, yeah. But yeah, that show's great. Um, I'm uh, I, I was a big fan. Um, you know, like I said too, Brandon Fraser has you know deserves all the goodwill, the poor the stuff that that guy's you know gone through in his career and stuff. Um, and he's so he what a likable guy. But um, but yeah, it's a good show. I'm glad you I'm glad you enjoyed it too. For when it came out, I was trying to get a lot of people to watch it, and a lot of people like. You know, some people I, I turned on to it and they loved it, but a lot of people just didn't have any interest, especially when you start to like explain it and they're like, what? Yeah. So, well, plus, um, I mean, plus you got Alan Turdick in it as the bad yeah. guy, which I was yeah. like, I love Mr. Nobody too, which is, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I love him mostly everything that he does. So, um, he obviously, for horror, he's Tucker and Dale versus Evil. He's been a Firefly, you know, he's been in a whole bunch of whole bunch of great stuff so, he's been uh, in a ton of stuff recently and he's been playing a lot of like villains and good and really good villains yeah. um so yeah uh, i mean yeah he's he's kind of he's a nerd hero but yeah 
which which you watched, James. I know what you watched, but I didn't know if you watched anything else. So, well, so um, yeah, I mean, I, I I watched some things that we'll talk about on the other uh, on Going Commando because they definitely okay. won't relate to that. But um, in the last three or four days, I haven't watched any. I, I mean, I've watched a few things. Um, I watched this actually. I watched this show on Netflix or no, I'm sorry, on HBO. Excuse me, called We're Here, um, featuring a bunch of um, drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race, but it's very much like Queer Eye, where it's like these, you know, it's uh, these, you know, pretty well-known drag queens: Eureka, Shangela, Bob the Drag Queen, go to these small-town places and sort of put on drag shows with members of the community. And it's it's one of the, it's I mean it's a tearjerker show. It's like literally after every episode, I have a headache from crying so much. But uh, if you've ever seen like Queer Eye, it's like that, but with drag queens. Um, oh, so even, even better. Yeah, exa- exactly. It's, it's, even, it's even more fun. Um, but and I've watched a few other things, but mainly the only thing I've watched for the last three days, not horror related at all, is uh, Showtime's uh, Billions. Uh, I've, I have friends that watch it. Uh, shout out to Osiris. I don't think I, Osiris is listening to this show. Um, <gasps> really? She is a Misfits fan. Here's the thing about Osiris. The first time you see him, Derek and, you know, Tank, you know, you probably know what I'm talking about. The first time you see her, you'd be like, oh, she definitely loves horror movies. And she doesn't. She is, I mean, she literally quintessential, like, she wears, I mean, she wears, like, Halloween socks, and she loves the Misfits, and, but um, terrified of horror movies. She's a big gold chicken. Uh, so, um, okay. very upsetting. But so, she, I'm sure she doesn't listen to this podcast, but uh, she's a huge fan of basically everything Showtime. Like, she, I mean, Every time uh, uh, there's a Showtime original, I think she just immediately watches it. But so she's always been telling me what a good show it is. I've heard it's a good show. I'm a big Paul Giamatti fan. So I've literally gone through almost the entire show uh, in three days. So, um, but yeah, it's a, I mean, it's an interesting show if you're into hedge funds and uh, 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 stocks, st- investing. NASDAQ. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Dow Jones. And, and, and you know, uh, federal law and, uh, you know, corporate law, business law. Like, yeah. it's interesting. I mean, the char- all the characters are, it's one of the shows where nobody's a good person. Everybody's a complex person. Um, and, um, you know, it, it does some interesting things. I actually could talk about the show for a long time, but I won't. I'll save it. But yeah, so that's why I've been no horror in the last three or four days. It's all been billions, but I am ready to talk about horror. I'm I'm in the mind frame. I have a lot to talk about, so I'm excited about that. We're gonna we're gonna un, unpack it all like the number five meal with extra soy sauce. Because mm. we're talking about we're talking about uh. You're hammered in those metaphors, there, Dave. I know. I am. <laughs> I'm. I got them ready. I've been, I've been ready all week. Uh, but no i mean that's awesome i mean yeah sometimes you need a break and you tell osiris that we do have like uh four other podcasts that she can listen to right that are not horror related um, uh, well she's not into wrestling and uh what about action movies she into action movies i don't think she's in action movies she, she's a big weirdly like if, like i said if you see her in person you would be shocked to find out her favorite tv show is sex in the city and then she loves, uh, uh, I mean, Don, like Ray Donovan and stuff like that. But uh, again, very surprising. You would not, you would not suspect that it. Is so well, you know, I mean, you, the thing you is, has a song. Misfits has a song called Halloween. Like, I well, <laughs> but, I mean, the thing is, I don't judge people. I don't judge people by their parents. So uh, it's lesson learned. You should uh, yeah. never judge. You totally judged me because I had a, a, a flannel vest, and you're like, hey. 
There's only one room here for one flannel that vest was, guy. That, that wasn't judging. Yeah. That was uh, that was, that was just a competitive heat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there could only be one. There could only be one of us. There could only be one flannel here. All exactly. right. And yeah, I won. Did you? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> That's a- sure, sure. You won. Sure, buddy. Sure. Hey, uh, but yeah, no, we are talking about Asian horror movies today, and there's a plethora. It's probably. Do Do you think Asian horror is like? I don't know. They make the bet the better kinds of horror movies. Well, first off, so I'm sorry, Derek. I'll let you go first. No, 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 no. I no. Go right ahead. I well, um, well. Before any of y'all, yeah. the, and the reason I say that is because it's like, like whenever there's like a you know a, a, a you know uh you know when it comes to to the West here. And, and you know we we make we do the remake for the Asian movie, uh, you know where the, you know if it came from you know Japan or wherever, it's like oh the Japan version was so much more better, so much more gorier, and it's like well okay, and sometimes they are right, you know like Ringu and uh, Grudge, you know some of those movies, you know the the you know the mainstream ones, uh, they were they were kind of better, you know sometimes. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean there there are some like. Asian horror movies that are very westernized, like yeah. uh, like Shutter, for example, uh, yes. the original Asian version is it carries a very westernized tone um, and like kind of flow through the entire movie. So there there are those that are like uh, not everyone's the same, and I think there's also ones that are that are subtle to the gore, like they're very I would say almost like borderline suspenseful, or they yeah. have other like there's there's one on my list that. Um, is, is more like a very it's it's gory but it's love and it's it's it's, it's kind of an odd mixture and then there's other ones that are that are gory not in the sense that they're they're like trying to be gory but they're just weird yeah. like so I, I just think it, it's just kind of a different vein than what we're used to and like our hack and slash like sometimes americanized cinema i don't know if it's better or worse i mean some, to some degree it is and to some degree, I, I, you know, I think they're comparable. I think it just depends on, on really what you're, what you're into for that uh, vein of horror. There are some, you know, there, there are some, you know, uh, Asian, Japanese, Chinese, or Korean horror movies that I just, I, I can't get into. But there are others that I absolutely love. So, and the same, I think the same could be said for like Americanized horror movies or even European horror movies for that matter. So, just depends on well, your preference, I think. I would say like, you know, when kind of, you know, really thinking about, uh, you know, my exposure to Asian horror, you know, and again, saying Asian horror, the reason I said Asian horror was also to open up because I didn't want to do just Japanese horror, or J-horror, um, because, you know, if I'm being speaking frankly, I actually probably would have a hard time doing just Japanese horror films that I really love. And part of the sort of part of the research was realizing how many like it's this is definitely and that's the great thing about doing this podcast is sort of like you know branding your you know expanding your horizons is um you know it's definitely not my area of specialty it's not my forte i even researching this i'm like wow there's a lot of films i have not seen uh in, in internationally released horror um uh and a lot of them are very like pretty substantial like have a substantial following and are pretty popular but i will say here's a weird thing for me is that and first of before i get to let me clarify though too with my point i was really gonna make which is every country just like everything has their own take and has their own vibe i will say in the last 10 years 
um, Asian horror has actually felt a little bit more homogenous. Like the cinematography all sort of feels the same. All of the advertising feels very similar, um, regardless if it's a South Korean film or a Japanese film or a Chinese film. There is a weird vibe. And, and a lot of times too, they sort of all sort of follow a trend, whether it's like supernatural ghost horror or if it's sort of... Um, zombie you know apocalypse style stuff there's a lot of through lines culturally where like in a five-year period whether the film like it comes from japan or if it comes from south korea like they're sort of making similar movies to each other um but the other thing is that i realized when doing this how many of the most more popular horror japanese uh specifically but a lot of the more popular asian horror films that are like sort of considered the standard bears i'm actually not that big of a fan of or at least I think I need to revisit because my, you know, in my head, I'm not that big of a fan. And again, it's a lot of those films that sort of, yeah, I remember getting into J horror when it was really, you know, becoming a thing. Um, and, you know, even right before a lot of them were getting, um, having the American trend, the American um, adaptations. Um, I remember being a fan, but, you know, subsequently after that, through years of rewatching, I just sort of, I just sort of lost interest in them or maybe even got a bad taste in my mouth from them. And I don't know if it's the films themselves or if it's overexposure to the films or, the, or it's also, I'm also sort of letting the American adaptation sort of influence my opinion on the original. I, there's a lot to impact there. In fact, this week I was going to, I wanted to actually sit down and really throw myself in and start watching all this. But I actually, first off, realized how limited some of the access I have to these films are because I don't own a lot of them, which is, like I said, for me, it's pretty crazy. But um and they're not as a lot of the ones I want to revisit aren't necessarily as available on streaming as I would have assumed, but it's definitely a genre I want to go back into and sort of after, even after we do this podcast, sort of kind of revisit and or not even just revisit, but just visit some of these movies I haven't actually seen. Um, but I'm still excited because again, there is one thing I like about Asia, um, Asian cinema. And, and again, I'll say strongly Japanese cinema is they take a lot of chances um, artistically speaking, they do things. One of the movies I'll talk about will definitely go there, but um, uh, they do they do things in their own. It's just an interesting point of view they have a lot of times, and they take, like I said, a lot of chances artistically to to say things that you know are might be foreign to Westerners. But uh, I'm excited. I, I, it's again, I like talking about things that maybe I'm not an expert on because uh, you know I learn and you know kind of expo- get exposed to. But I have a feeling me and Derek. This might be one of the more contentious episodes between me and Derek, uh, but we'll get to it. No, I th- I think you and I are in the same boat, James, because it's not. Uh a genre that is like top, top on my list. Um, and mainly because the, like, there's a lot of cinema out there, but to your point, it's, it's not always easy to get your hands on it or to watch it or to watch, watch a version of it that is clean enough that you can appreciate the cinematography for it. Because like a lot of it is like a lot of stuff I watch is bootlegged or like on YouTube or, you know, through other platforms as well that are kind of a little more like, not on the mainstream and so i think it's a little bit hard to get like a really good quality quality version um and i think the other thing too is i was just kind of going through and doing research i had personally like aside from the ones that people more commonly heard of like to make a list of ones that that a i remember and b stuck out with me and uh that i've i've watched probably in the past like i would say five years like 
um, it was hard. It was really, it was like really hard to go back and remember. Like I literally had to look at lists and go like, did I see that? And then like, yeah, you know, try to go back through and like remember, because if not, we would be stuck with the grudge and, yeah. you know, Juong and, uh, you know, Shudder and the eye and, um, all the stuff that has the Americanized remakes, um, now, and that would be not the point of this conversation is to, to rehash all the stuff that like everybody else who's listening has probably heard of. So exactly. Um, and I'm sure there are things on our list that are probably like, we probably have some similar things on there too. Um, just based on the, just availability alone of being able to see stuff. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to dig into it. There is one on my list that I, I really was not sure you know, if I would put it on there or not, but I, we can talk about it. As, <laughs> Sounds good. As, as we get, as we get in there, it, it could be up for debate uh, that some may consider it more sci-fi than horror. But, okay. And when he I'm says a, somebody, he means James. No, I mean, like, it, it is like, even I walked that fine line of like, should I put this on here? But I yeah. think it's just weird enough, kind of grotesque enough in a lot of ways that it, you could mm. probably throw it in a bucket well, that could fall into either one. Kind of like, kind of like aliens, you know, like kind of like alien, like some yeah. people like say it's sci-fi horror. Other people would just say it's sci-fi depends like who you talk to. So I, I think this kind of, falls into that bucket. Well, let's waste out any more time on let's this. Let's just jump into it. Let's do it. Let's do right. Jimmy D. James Dean, do you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. So first off, um, no real, like I said, this, this, this time there's no real, uh, I didn't make any rules or any sort of, they just had to be from Asia, I guess, any of the Asian continent. Uh, but, um, you know, there's a lot of films when I was doing this that like, there's going to be a lot. I'll just basically, first off, I'll say some honorable mentions. Um, first off, I, cause I, I have seen it put on horror lists, even though I definitely do would never consider a straight horror film, but uh, I saw the devil, I think is one of my favorite movies period to come out of, uh, uh, out of Asia in the last 20 years. I mean, it's a fucking brutal movie. It's, it's heartbreaking. Like there's a, there's such a philosophy like soul crushing philosophical point to it. And it's a hard watch. It's brutal, but it's just a very brilliant movie. The acting is incredible. Um, you know, I see it listed. There's horrific things that happen to it. And the overall story is like very dark, but it's way more in the vein of something like seven. Um, as far as like the vibe of it, um, where it's more of a dark thriller. Um, but is it, it, I mean, I, I was more horrified by the ending of that night. I don't want to go into that. I mean, the movie just is, it's, it takes a lot out of you. If, if you're really invested in the story and what it's trying to say, it, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a pretty exhausting film, but it's definitely up there. Uh, another thing I wanted to, to give an honorable mention to was um, uh, there's a lot of these Chinese, like movies like Bride with the White Hair or Chinese Ghost Story, which are technically have horror elements. They're either ghost stories or have sort of a supernatural folk tale kind of story that I didn't, put on this list even though i adore them and you know i think they're amazing films but just because they there are too many other strong genres where it's like it's like it's a horror movie but it's also like a wuxia chinese like kung fu movie or it's a comedy kung fu horror movie so i didn't want to get too bogged with that but you know i did want to give a shout because there's i I think especially bright with the white hair and chinese ghost story they're fucking great movies and i feel like uh they do not get enough love um, from uh, Western audiences. I think 
more people need to see uh, a lot of these sort of um, 80s, early 90s, uh, or actually early 90s to late 90s um, uh, Chinese uh, Hong Kong produced um, horror movies or genre bending movies. Anyways, but that, those are my honorable mentions. Uh, so the first thing I'll start with, uh, which is definitely would be my number five, um, but is Noroi the Nor Noroi Noroi. I don't even know even know if I'm saying that right, but it's Noroi the the Curse. Um, uh, I remember seeing it and thinking, you know, just I'll just watch this. Um, and I'm being actually being pretty affected by the movie. Um, I don't know if Derek or Tank have you seen it, but um, it's found footage film, basically about like this like about this like curse and this sort of family that's passing this curse along and this like paranormal investigator um it's kind of suffers it's not it's not the greatest movie ever made um and it suffers from a lot of trappings that found footage films themselves get into where the characters aren't fully fleshed out and there's a lot of kind of very heavy-handed exposition but the first off that the film has all this like great imagery um in fact the the there's this the cover of like a lot of the like cover art you'll see whether it's posters or DVD releases has a sort of twisted sort of like creepy uh, like Oni mask thing. Um, you know, it's just, there's a lot of striking imagery. Uh, there's one particular sequence with these, like, I won't even, it, there's like these little, there's, this, there's some ghost things that appear at one point during the movie and it's a very striking shot, but the movie is just sort of, it's, all the actors in it are really good in that sense of like found footage actors where they feel more like non-actors and they sort of uh, feel more like real people in a real circumstance. Um, the characters aren't super fleshed out, but the the actors who are there do a lot with what they're given. Um, there's a lot of like really creepy kids in the movie. Um, uh, but, um, you know, it's one of those movies that like I didn't expect to like, um, but really kind of like it has a really cool vibe and a really cool atmosphere and kind of a very creepy feel to it um and then again the japanese do really well with um sort of uh the suit like supernatural but in a cur like a lot of films in japan center around the sense of like a curse of some kind or you know uh, uh like a spreading darkness or evil and uh this movie's that's sort of the point of this movie a little bit but it's you know, it's a very interesting movie. Um, I think it came out, I actually don't know if it's, was it early 2000s? 2005-ish? I don't know. I don't even know what, what, when it came out, but um, I only saw it like a year ago, two years ago. And I remember like, again, I didn't think I was going to like it. Um, I, uh, uh, I actually saw my friend did fan art for it, which is what I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll check that movie out. And I liked it. So um, I know that's not the most compelling <laughs> argument why it's my top five but i wanted to put something on there that was a little bit more contemporary that people were actually fans of um or that like ha has some following that uh i found surprising so uh, that's my number five i and again stay, steering away from the very obvious like the you know ringu and you know a lot of things was trying to stay away from so nori the curse or nor nori the curse however you say that's, it is my number five that's awesome man i you know i I haven't seen it, uh, though I've heard about it. I actually came across it today uh, when I was doing some research on, on the ones that I, I was going to talk about. And I kind of made a note of it, too, that I was like, kinda, I have to check that out as well. I, I will say that, um, yeah, I saw The Devil 
um, was one that was recommended to me like, God, less than six months ago. And I watched it. One, surprise being as long as it is that it held my attention for as, as long as it did, because it's yes. a pretty lengthy movie considering it is like a serial killer like S movie. I mean, it's, it's cop, cop serial, serial killer. Cop, yeah. yeah, cop serial killer. So I'm like, wow, almost two and a half hours. That's pretty long time for some cat and mouse. You're right. Very in the vein of seven, but I was, I actually really thought it was very well done. I love yeah, the acting a- in it. Um, yeah, there were definitely some brutal things and in the ending was just, uh, yeah, I, I yeah. won't spoil it, but it was definitely worth the watch. So yeah, I totally and, agree with that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those movies that like, uh, you know, people think, oh, it's just another serial killer cop movie. But no, it, there's points about humanity and, and about, like, you know, vengeance and anger that sort of, uh, you know, a lot of movies don't, you know, address and stuff. Anyways, this is a good movie, fucking really good movie. Uh, what, what's your number five, Derek? So I, uh, I, one of my personal favorites and kind of falls in the vein of like the, like, kind of ghost story-ish, like uh, in like Japanese horror is uh, the tale of two sisters. See, I that was going to be on. As Tank likes to say, it should be our T-shirt. That was actually <laughs> was on my on list, level. and um, and I actually like both versions of that movie um, equally. But I was like, I had a feeling. I think I thought maybe you'd brought it up before, but I was like, I'm going to leave that one to Derek. But uh, I, I haven't brought it up before, but I do. I do really like it. Um, to me, it, it's a very much like it reminded me a lot of like a very like uh modern like folk tale or fairy tale you know yes. kind of had that dark fairy tale element to it with the sisters and the wicked stepmother and kind of being banished away to the asylum yeah. and then coming back and like trying to trying to heal while on top of like dealing with this like you know malevolent entity that's in the house and um so i you know that's one thing i i love about you know traditional asian horror is that they really do a great job of like telling a good ghost story which is not always easy to do um in the grand scheme of things i think a lot of people do it really bad but um i, I really find like most of the stories of, that i watch um you know and i think you know you had mentioned it previously too are, are just really well done um and just love love the elements of this movie the acting was great um it's very visual um you know and, and when you're dealing with some in a movie too where like kind of the main protagonists too are dealing with like mental health issues. It's kind of, it can go one of two ways, right? It can either go like really well and it plays into the story well, or it goes against it. Like uh, the turning of the screw is a prime example of that where they're dealing with mental health, but the storyline is just, you know, it just went off the rails and the acting wasn't great. And um, you know, that's something that should have been a really great, it was a great ghost story that didn't translate well into film. And this is one where I felt like it really did, um, kind of did float that line but did it really well in a way that like you you kind of had a sense like it was a little blurry between what was real and what was fake but um inevitably you you did determine that there was a supernatural entity there and you know of course you know the you know and spoiler like the stepmom you know evil stepmom gets her her comeuppance uh at the end anyways so um i think it just at the end it was it was kind of nicely wrapped things up um in the best way that it could so um that was that was my number five though yeah i like the movie again you nailed it perfectly it, it definitely feels like a very dark modern fairy tale um 
great visuals. Um, you know, the thing is, that's the one thing I, I try to, you know, you get a lot of people, like people who aren't cinephiles who complain about watching subtitles and, oh, I don't want to watch these foreign movies. And it's funny because like, like certain, you know, it says a lot about a performance when you don't even speak the language but you can really tell the quality of the acting and the, the commitment to the character um, without understanding the language. Um, uh, you know, I know The Uninvited isn't the best movie, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I enjoy it. Um, the one thing I will say, too, is that, you know, you t- there is something, I don't know if it's built into, like, culture or if it's, um, you know, a lot of Asian horror centers around the supernatural and ghost stories. And, you know, obviously there's a whole, there's a lot you can dive into there with, um, you know, family and, um, you know, the, the legacy of family and uh, how like that, like that plays in with your, you know, your ancestors and, and there's just a lot of things there. And they always do interesting things with like ghost stories and supernatural stories. Um, you know, whether it's include, like, there's a, you know, whether it's like, um, uh, um, what was the one about the, like the pulse? I forget what it was called. It's actually called, uh, yeah, it's called the pulse. Um, but yeah, like they do a lot of things where like trying to take, you know, I don't know whether there's, there's like a period, whether it's like technology, whether it's a phone or a computer or, uh, you know, a video cassette tape, but they're always, they're always trying to do different things with the supernatural. And I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, my fourth movie uh, is probably my definitely wouldn't be my number four on the list, but I want to talk about it at number four because we have talked about it before, um, which is the audition. Um, audition is we've talked about this podcast. It's one of my favorite movies. I think it's Takashi Miike's. I mean, it's definitely in his top five. I mean, Takashi Miike's made Takashi Miike. I always do that. Takashi Miike has made. He has to have well over 100 movies. I, I should look this up. He's made, uh, I mean, he's made so many movies. Uh, but, you know, and some of them of varying degrees of success. Um, you know, but it's probably his straight, only real straight classic horror movie in the sense that it's not, you know, there's no. He's not making like a mobster horror movie or a love horror movie or right. zombie horror. Like he's just making straight kind of a straight horror movie. And as we've talked about on this podcast, it's a very unexpected horror turn in this film. It sort of plays out as this sort of like r- romantic comedy dramedy kind of thing. This sort of like like it's just a very unexpected movie. It's a slow start, slow burn. The fucking all the performances in it are great. Um, again, you know, I don't want to beat beat a dead horse because we have talked about in this podcast. But if you haven't listened to the podcast before, if this is your, you know, if you're not deep, if you're not a, a, a devoted fan, um, it's basically this guy is trying to find, you know, a love. He's trying to date and his friends like, hey, let's like let's set ourselves up as like the producers on this fake film and we'll interview actresses and you can meet a pretty young lady that way. And this lady comes out to uh turns out to be one of the ladies that you know he sort of connects with and uh turns out to be a little bit crazier than uh he suspects and there's some amazing scenes i want i don't want i I spoiled it the last time we talked about it but it's i could not recommend this movie higher enough some people who you know there are people that maybe wouldn't enjoy it because they they 
slow burn horror isn't their thing. But, you know, I would say I couldn't recommend this movie high enough, regardless of if you like Japanese movies, if you like horror movies, if you like slow burn uh, horror, just it's a fucking great movie. Every, it's, it's one of the most affecting haunting horror movies I've ever seen. So definitely uh, deserves to be on any list of the best of uh, Asian horror. So that's, that's my number four. I knew it was going to be on your list. I did not put it on there specifically because it is your favorite horror movie or one I of your favorites. It. And, uh, and I will say to me, the most disturbing scene that gets me every time. So I, I was watching clips today um, is the, uh, is the, the guy uh, eating out of the dog bowl. Dog bowl yep. it in and I'm always like, yep. oh, I can't. I know. Oh. I know. <laughs> I I will say I will say, um, I've heard I've heard from uh, people that there's actually people. Um, that movie has a has a weird following for people who sort of almost fetishize certain things in that movie. So, to each oh. their own. That's yeah. not part of my enjoyment of the movie, but you know, to oh. each their own. Put put that one in the the spank bank and move on. I guess exactly, uh, exactly. Teach their own. Number four, <laughs> number four. All right. So my number four, and, and I didn't really put these in necessarily in an order of which I feel like they're like best to worst. And usually I do that, but um, I, I figured kind of the, all, all of these have a little bit of to me like a uniqueness that I, I appreciate about them. So I'm not really going necessarily in order, but um, I'm pulling a James because I know sometimes James mm-hmm. go in order. Um, and this was one I, I was hesitant to put on the list, but I, I still think it's it's weird enough, and there's enough grotesque things in here that I would I would add it in there, which is a uh, Tokyo Ghoul Squad. You, okay, yeah, I'm, um, I yeah, because it's it, it, it so uh-huh. well, no, because it is set. I, I will if somebody would say like they wouldn't classify this as horror, I would get that. It, it is set into the future. Um, it is people are enhanced. People were mutate, mutated. Mutated. I think, yeah. yeah, I think part of the reason that I, I kind of I thought about it is because some of the mutations are just so horrific that um, it's gory you know, as fuck. It, yeah, it's gory as fuck. That I'm like, you know what? Like, I feel like it, if anything, like I'm gonna mention it anyways, even if it's not necessarily traditional, you know, the traditional horror. But it's, I think, to your point, James, like they a lot of times with with Asian cinema, they take a lot of liberties and a lot of like. Um, like, hey, we're just gonna go for it and hope that works. And Tokyo Ghoul Squad is a prime example of that. Like, never in a movie have I seen a half woman, half alligator. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, it, it, like in the bottom half is the alligator. So I don't even exactly. ask me. If you tell me somebody yep. fetishizes that, I, I gonna have to leave. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I just really love this movie. It's just bananas enough that um, that it's fun to watch. Graphic as fuck. Like, um, and it's weird. It's just border. It, it, there's no other way to describe it other than it, that it's it's weird. I mean, you know, the the individual with the the like knives walking on all fours with like the giant like samurai blades and uh, yeah, the guy with the like the gun like the guns of the eyes is like brain. Um, there's some weird. I, I don't know what somebody was on when they thought of this movie, but. Um, it was weird, but I, it's, it's in such a good way, um, you know, border borders on like, you know, the, the fantasy um, that I just, I had to put on my list because it's one of the ones that I truly appreciate. And that's always stuck out with me. Anytime somebody asks me like, what are my top like, go-to for, for Asian cinema? It's always on my list. Um, it's, you know, the thing is I didn't even, I, 
my brain didn't even go in that realm, but I'm really glad you brought it up because it is one of those things where to, to the point I was making earlier, how they, you know, Jap- Asian films. And again, Japan seems to be the, the home front of this, but they fucking go, they really push boundaries and do some insane shit with their films. And there's a lot of movies that could have been on. I mean, Tetsu, the Iron Man isn't traditionally a quote unquote yeah. war movie. Some people find it very disturbing, but it's a fucking David Lynchian, you know, like a, like a art house. Type, yeah. Yeah. It's very much. Yes, exactly. Um, then there's movies. I mean, the most disturbing movies I've ever seen have come. I mean, whether it's the Guinea pigs series, like um, uh, mermaid in a manhole, um, uh, mer- uh, 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 I don't know if you've ever. I think we've. We I think we have discussed this at some point. But look up the Guinea Pig series. There's all these movies in this series called the Guinea Pig, um, where it's it's the most disturbing. One of the movies, this dude raping and dissecting. He's a doc, an insane doctor, and he's raping and dismembering this lady for ninety minutes. Um, and it's written written and directed by one of the most famous comic artists, Japanese comic artists of all time. I mean. There's some insane. I mean, J- Japan goes very far with uh, with things, and you know, and especially with like psychosexual horror and stuff. And they, yeah, I mean, and, and gross and disturbing, and um, so I mean, they uh, hats off to them. They 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 go fully into what they do. But uh, you know, um, I'm not here to talk about Mermaid and Manhole or. You know, um, let me actually. I want to let me look this up real quick because there's there is some. Uh, no, you know, this is going to take too long, and uh, it's, uh, we'll 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 move on. But maybe we'll talk about it on another podcast. But um, yeah, well, I think we could. I definitely think we should we should revisit it if we talk about because it's been a while since we talked about like over the top horror. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe we we come back to that because I definitely think to your point, like, and the funny thing is, like there's some stuff that is way over the top, but like so unrealistic. And then you have something like audition where it's like, that totally could happen in theory, a lot of the yes. stuff that happens in there. So it's, it's over the top and in very different ways. Um, still sometimes terrifying, terrified to look at though. Um, so yeah. All right. I'm glad you appreciate that. Cause I, I, uh, it, it thought of it and I was like, you know, I'm going to put it on it. Cause I don't think I could talk about um, well, even even that, like even when I was doing this, there's a lot of the other Takashi Miike movies, like Ichi the Killer, mm-hmm. um, which are also kind of bananas and do crazy shit. But I didn't feel were horror enough. But I will say, like Tokyo Gore Police are is it is sci-fi, but it's it's horror. There's enough crazy shit and mutants and gory scenes that I would definitely I I would I mean it's a gen a lot like I said a lot of uh, Asian films sort of bend genres or sort of include you know uh multi-genre uh films but it's a great i mean it's a i forget the director um but they they've also done uh, other over the top bananas uh actiony hoary yeah um so my number three uh is the newest movie on here um uh is uh uh, maybe four, three or four years old, but is uh, South Korea's The Wailing. Um, very popular movie. Uh, I think it was on Netflix for the longest time. Um, you know, it's one of those movies that I heard got really hyped up for me. Um, uh, and normally when that happens, I, my reaction is, you know, less than underwhelmed. Um, 
but no, the movie's really good. Like it's 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 a weird movie. The plot is kind of hard to follow, um, but it's a great movie. Um, you know, it, there's you don't know what it is at first, and you know, it's um, there's a lot of like sort of xenophobic elements underlying in it, and mistrust of strangers, and there's all these different elements to it. But then, you know. Uh, in sort of, anyways, there's a lot to unpack about it as far as if, if you really did deep dive into the story. Um, but again, it's one of those movies that uh, stayed with me. I liked all the, the performances are really good. The main guy, the, the cop in it, um, you know, uh, there's like comedic elements, which are kind of like, I think using a certain amount of comedy in a very dark or, or horror in, in horror films allows you to sort of relate quicker to characters. You see them more as like human beings and stuff, but the performances across the board are, are really good. And again, it's sort of, when I was thinking about it, there was a movie that's, it reminds me of that I haven't yet been able to put my finger down, but it, there's another film that sort of reminds me of, and I don't know why, but there's, I think it's a, a, more of a feeling, but um, you know, there's a lot of, it's, there's a lot of ambiguity to the story. Um, which I, which I like. Apparently, I guess there's a. I didn't know this until I was researching, um, but apparently there's like a. They deleted a scene, which I think more exp- not. Apparently, there's a d- deleted scene that sort of makes a little makes clarifies a one thing or or makes something one point a little more clear than, but also makes you go wait what? But anyways, we'll talk about. I don't want to spoil anything because um, again, it's still a relatively newish movie, but. It's one of those movies that, again, I saw, I kept, like, seeing, like, recommended on Netflix. Same, like, with I Saw the Devil. It was, like, one of those things, like, Netflix knows me and is like, you need to watch this movie. And then, like I said, I saw it all over my social media, and I was like, fuck that. And then, but I saw it, and I was like, okay, you know what? That was a really good, especially for a new newer movie. Um, you know, it's, there's so many different elements going on, and, the, like I said, the plot takes some some weird turns, and you don't really know what's going on at first, and, um, you know, um, but you know, it's a. I would say it's a. I would say it's one of the more interesting and better of the newer uh, Asian horror movies that I've seen. It's the newest movie on my list, definitely. Nice. Well, I will. I will have to check it out. I, again, I've heard about it, but I, I haven't. I haven't got to see it. Um, but if you're, I think it, you I would will... like it specifically. All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna put it on my list, and I will try to track it down maybe this evening. Uh, since the night is young. There um, you go. So my, uh, my next one is, uh, is probably, I mean, the, I think the, the urban legend is very, very common, but it's the slit mouth woman, AKA carved. Um, it came out about 2007. Um, but it's basically about the, about the urban legend in Japan of the woman, the slit mouth woman who, who kidnaps children. Um, essentially very kind of like the, uh, La Llorona of, uh, you know, of the Spanish culture. She's the uh, kind of like that version. That's exactly uh, what I was uh, thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it, it, I will say like out of all the creepy urban legend, uh, you know, Ringu and Juan. And um, I, I think this actually one creeps me out more. Um, I don't know, the, the aesthetic, um, probably not the best acting movie, I will say, but I did really, like the story it wasn't very long it was an hour and a half um but i would say it was like a pretty decently paced movie um you know a lot of times with like urban legends ghost stories supernatural it does it is a little bit of a slow burn um 
but in regards to like kind of like an urban legend type film, um, I, it was, it was really well done. Um, kind of funny, ironically enough, uh, in this movie, uh, the woman wears a meta, a mask in front of her face. So I was like, she just was, uh, channeling COVID, uh, and getting ready. She just knew. And so, uh, God, thank God she's not around today because nobody would know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that she's around. Um, but again, I, I think like when we, we talk about, um, talk about cinema, especially like cinema in other countries, like it, it's good to realize the fact that there are, there are movies just like in Americanized or Western cinema that are, that are great. And there are ones that are, that are, eh, they're, they're okay, but they're fun to watch. And I think this kind of falls in the like fun to watch category, not necessarily in maybe the, the most like artistic or well-acted way, but the, the effects are good in it. It's definitely has some graphic scenes, um, but definitely worth a watch if you're looking to kill 90 minutes um, of your time and you want to kind of watch something. Can you turn your brain off a little bit? Um, it definitely will, nothing in there will surprise you if you've watched any type of like uh, Asian ghost story. <laughs> uh, what, what's it called again? It's, it's called a slit mouth woman, but it also goes by carved is the other. Carved, okay. Uh, carved, yeah. I've never even heard of this movie, so I'm very curious. I'll check it out. Yeah, you'll have to you'll have to check it out. It is it, it kind of titles itself as like a, a like an extreme movie. Um, that's like kind of what was like caught my eye in the title, but I didn't actually think it was too too bad. Um, of some of the things, if you compare it against Audition, I, I don't think it would it would be in that same bucket. But yeah, definitely worth a watch if you wanna if you wanna check it out. Um, for our listeners too, if you haven't seen it, it's, I think it's it's a fun watch. Very cool. I'll definitely check it out. I, I mean, uh, you know, um, it's one of those. Uh, I, I, it's weird because I think we've mentioned this on the podcast before. A lot of the urban legend movies turn out to be, even though like they're cool urban legends that we all know, and it's an interesting urban legend. They don't always turn out to be the best movie, but it's one of those just that that sort of subgenre. I'm nor- naturally compelled to watch those movies for whatever reason, um, but yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Uh, so my number th- four, working backwards, um, I've been wanting to talk about this movie since we've been doing this podcast. Um, but the problem is this movie is impossible to define uh, in all the best ways. Um, it's become a very, uh, it, nobody knew about this movie for the longest time. And then probably about 2013, maybe through 2012. Um, it's, I remember seeing it. It was playing at uh, the Silent Film Festival, Silent Film Theater uh, in LA, but it was this thing called Cine Family. And I think that was the first time I saw, I even heard of this movie and I saw the poster. And then um, Criterion actually put a, uh, released it. And I think that was a lot of people, the first time they saw it was on when Criterion released it, is 1977's Haosu or House. Uh, we can talk about seen, that. Yeah, it is one of the most fucking bananas movies you will ever see. And when I say that, I mean sincerely, one of the most bananas movies you will ever see. Now, we talked er- earlier about how, like, uh, not like, is this a, does this qualify as a horror movie and, you know, mixing genres? This movie is impossible to define. It is definitely a horror movie because a lot of horror horror elements are in it and it's you know it's even sort of sold as a horror movie even though the first like 30 minutes like 
there's like hand-drawn animation in this. There's stop-motion animation. There's weird video editing. Um, there's weird lightning that, for no reason. There's that fucking cat. There's the cat. There's, there's the, the cat. The the cat, which is, I mean, the the there's the the I, I the cover art of uh of the poster art. There's this like screaming cat that's become like very iconic. Uh, but yeah, it's, there's a ghost cat in the movie. Uh, there's a uh, there's a piano that eats people uh, or eats a person. Um, it's one of the most there's, fucking insane movies I've ever seen. It is one. Fl- of, there's a flying bat head that likes to eat ass. Yep. Yeah. The the flying ass biting head. Uh, yep. And all of this happened. And then, but there all these crazy things happen. And then big chunks of it are weird, sort of like soft focus romance story. Like it's the fucking weirdest movie, but in the most unbelievably entertaining way um it's beautifully the thing is it is a beautiful looking movie even despite all of the weird animations and all the different i think they used literally i think the filmmaker i I don't know if it was on purpose um i think they used every single film editing technique that had been available in the 70s at that point i don't know it was like hey let's just anything that you can do in cinema um let's uh let's go ahead and um include in this movie um but yeah it's it's a great movie uh it's bananas i think every if you're a fan of film not just horror movies if you love cinema in general see it because it's worth the it's worth the the viewing um i promise you you will remember the movie for the rest of your life 1977's house or house it's on hbo max is it really yeah it's on HBO Max. That's why I was saying they had a pretty pretty dope selection of films. I didn't see that on there. Uh, yeah, I saw it on there. Uh, yeah, it's it's on there. You got to go to the uh, Max app. So it's, it's on there. So uh, when the uh, DVD came, I pre-ordered the DVD uh, or the Blu-ray when Criterion put it out, and I got a shirt, this orange, like it's the cat, it's the cat, but it's an orange shirt, and it's just, but I can't wear orange, so I've never been able to wear it. So. Um, uh, I'm hoping uh, I'm going to get I'm going to get buff and then I'm going to cut the sleeves off and wear an orange Hausu cat shirt uh, next hey, summer. That's my goal. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Right I'm on. Right on. That. That'll be actually the new uh, cover for our podcast. There you Just go. You, you jacked wearing the <laughs> you all shredded shirt, wearing the house the Hausu shirt. So it. yeah. Well, so speaking of of weird, <laughs> aesthetic, gory yet romantic movies. That's the next one on my list, which is uh, Thirst. I don't know if you oh, cool. see this movie. Yeah, uh, I love it. Yeah, very cool vampire movie. Um, I came across it actually. Ironically enough, I was I was looking for the Thirst, um, and came across this. But I actually like this way better as in regards to a vampire movie. Um, you know, for anybody that doesn't know, it's basically about a, a very um, you know God-fearing priest who like you know, volunteers at, you know, hospitals all the time. He does good work. He's a, he's a man of the cloth and uh, he nearly dies and he gets this uh, transfusion of vampire blood. And then basically he has to, you know, come to terms with the fact that he's, he's a vampire. Um, and they're definitely, you know, it's weird because it's, it's one of those movies that border lines between like very graphic and yet very romantic yeah. uh, at the same time. I was, very surprised at the uh i don't want to say on but like 
the larger larger amount of like sexuality that was uh encompassed the entire movie so you kind of have these like dueling things going on like there's just bloodlust but then there's this just lust in general um kind of felt that sometimes i was watching like a skidamax movie Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah i you know this was one too that i i really i really appreciate the acting in it i i thought like the main protagonist the priest was um did a really great job like showed kind of the struggle of having to like kind of give up in such as morality to like to survive and to live uh because without it he 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 would die um and so i think you know for a korean horror film um they just do a really great job telling a story and this is you talk about a movie that doesn't need a lot of subtitles to tell the tone of the film. This is another one that to me, like I, I didn't feel like I needed to watch it dubbed or even pay attention as much to the words, as much as the, like the actions and the visuals that were going on. So um, really, honestly, if you're a vampire fan and you want something way better than Twilight, uh, please, you know, check this out because it is well worth uh, the thirst. It's, and it's fairly new. I mean, it only came out in the past like about a decade or so. So um, it's not super old. It's better, you know, um, for a vampire movie, it's pretty, it's very well done. Yeah. I, lo- I, I really enjoyed it when I saw it. I, I was trying to, is it based off of, um, is it based off of something? I thought maybe it was, but I guess maybe it's not. Not that I know of, but I mean, it would never surprise me um, if it was. I mean, the storyline sounded very familiar, but I couldn't think of anything. I mean, guy inadvertently becomes a vampire is kind of a, you know, kind of a hallmark for a lot of vampire movies uh, where you have a, a, a strong male protagonist. So I'm not certain, but it very well could. Yeah, it's one of those movies like every when it gets brought up, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, I haven't thought about that movie in, in a very long time. But as I remember really liking it, it's weird, though, like I said, you know, um, I, I definitely I think you're actually I, th- I know you're being facetious, but um, or, you know, kind of uh, trying to, you know, being humorous, but it, there is a very weird Skinamax vibe to it. Yeah, I think um, you're funny, Derek. I don't care what James says. You are funny. Well, I didn't know what to, I'm saying. He's trying to be. He's I, was, being I was being coy. You, I was, you I said know, he was it, trying to be funny, and he's funny. All right. Yeah, sorry, Derek. You are funny. My bad. That, thank you. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. No, but you're right. It, it, there's just this weird element to it. Um, and funny enough, like we, the I didn't realize having watched it that like uh, the like the main actor in this movie was actually ended up to star in Parasite um, as yeah. well. Um, so just kind of goes to show you that some, some good acting chops like across the board, but yeah, it definitely had a weird element of sexuality into it that you wouldn't necessarily, but I, I guess I get it because that was another way that they satiated their kind of their bloodlust was just by like banging a lot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, by their other lust, like as you said. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I can't quite get a victim tonight. So let's just, Let's just go bang. Um, but there's there's definitely some weird scenes in there too. Uh, there's some weird threesome <laughs> scenes in there that I'm like, uh, I'm not quite sure what's going on here or why that guy's in between you. But um, hey, man, whatever, man. Hey, whatever, whatever floats your boat. No judgments. No judgments. Very cool, man. Again, it's one of those. Events, I, mean, like, I think I need to re- revisit that movie. Uh, so my number one. Uh, I feel very strongly about. But before I talk about my number one, um, 
another honorable mention that I had forgotten about until we started talking um, and really remember really enjoying was the movie Suicide Club. Um, based off of uh, some actual real kind of things that were going on in Japan at the time, um, the movie Suicide Club, I remember kind of actually being pretty affected by. Um, uh, one of those movies that I haven't thought about in a long time, but I remember you know, when seeing it, I was like, well, this is actually pretty creepy and there's a, some cool elements in this. So wanted to bring that up. But so my number one horror, my number one Asian horror movie um, is, is one of the, is a film I think I'm constantly shocked when I find out how many people haven't seen it because I think it's like one of those in the same realm as like, you know, uh, Creature of the Black Lagoon, Dracula. Um, it just is a, a classic of horror is um, Onibaba. Um, I think more people just know the image, the black and white shot of uh, the Oni mask from Oni Baba, but it's one of the most beautiful. But when I say beautiful, one of the most like every single shot. Like I've said this maybe about one other movie, but it's one of those movies that literally you can just close your eyes and press pause, and whatever still image is on your on the screen is a work of art. Like one of the most beautifully shot horror movies uh of all time let alone japanese films um directed by um kanito shindo i could have also put koreneko on this list because it is another kind of very directed by the same guy has some similar elements um uh it's also incredible but I do give Onibaba this, and I didn't. I was gonna. I could have put both on this list, but I didn't. Didn't want to put two movies by the same director, um, though definitely deserve it. Um, Onibaba is one like it's it's like a folk tale come to life. Um, the way it's shot, it's black and white. It's filmed very dark. It's filmed in this sort of like backwoods part of Japan. That's it's like the grass is like it's nothing but like these tiny little huts amongst these super tall grass and the grass is just constantly moving in the wind every shot. Um, but it's, you know, it's, the performances are great. The two ladies in it. Um, uh, and then the, the, the very quick story, these two women, it's during wartime. Um, this old woman who they don't have names, but the older woman is the mother-in-law of this younger woman and her son slash that lady's, you know her you know her the her son and the other lady's husband went off to war and hasn't come back um so they're they are struggling so what they've been doing is tricking men into uh basically falling into this pit this like this spiked pit so that they can rob them and you know um they're doing it to survive but you know obviously not the most uh not the nicest of endeavors but Anyways, this this guy shows up named Haichi, who is this like bad, like this like kind of a scumbag guy, and he's but he's like very smooth, and uh, he tells him that he he ran away from the army, uh, ran away from you know the 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 war, and that you know the lady's husband uh, was his friend and died during you know war. Um, then this mysterious man shows up, the samurai shows up wearing this mask and he says it's because he's so handsome. Uh, he, you know, has to wear the mask. Sure. Anyways, it's a, it's a sort of fable. It's based off of actually apparently a Buddhist fable. Um, but it's one of the most haunting. Every shot is beautiful. There's a, I mean, 
the atmosphere the movie creates is so chilling. Um, again, it's not overly, you know, uh, gory. It's not overly... It, there's just such a beautiful... I mean, the movie looks incredible. It has a very ominous feel. I mean, the music is fucking amazing in it. The score is so perfect. Um, it's just... It's one of those movies that, like... Again, if you're a fan of cinema, you need to watch Onibaba. It's one of the most beautifully shot movies ever. Um, all the, the cast is great. Um, it's filmed in, I think, 64. 64, 65. Um, but it's a, it's, it's a classic... And it's, you know, you, if you see like a list of like AFI's hundred best movies, it's, it's usually, I think in the top 20, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, because it's just one of those movies. It's just like, it's, it's a piece of art. So Onibaba is my number one favorite uh, Asian horror film. All right. Very, very cool. I, uh, I, I, again, I, I've heard of the movie and have kind of seen some of the iconic images, but I've never watched it. So See, this is uh, what this show is all about. It's about making recommendations and enlightening us all on uh, some new movies to watch because we watch so many of them that we run out of shit. We, we don't have right. to watch. I will yeah. say, I, I know, before I get to my, my final one, uh, honorable mention, I didn't bring it up because I, I, I didn't really, again, this was even, I think, further removed from horror, but uh, was Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, great movie, phenomenal movie. I personally wouldn't consider it horror. I would consider yeah. it, I don't know, a psychological action thriller, movie, thriller, uh, drama. But yeah, it's uh, it's a it's it's it is what it is. It's a classic. It's brilliant. The second one sucks, but the first one is amazing. It's a great fucking movie. They made a second one. Yeah, and all the kids were wearing like camo. It's based off of a manga. Uh, actually, a series of books that were then made into a manga. And then they adapted into film, but the first one's great. Second one, once they once they're not dressed as school kids, and they're just look like military, just young actors. But like then it's like what? This is a also, war movie now. Yeah, exactly. It just just doesn't <laughs> it loses the loses the impact. But it's I mean, you know, I'm sure the film has its fans. I just to me, it doesn't hold up nearly as as well as the first one. No. But no, the first movie. one is iconic. I just want to bring it up because it was actually one of the first. Uh, like true like Asian cinema uh, movies that I watched like um, and it really got me to appreciate the, the art and uh, a lot of the other it kind of opened up a whole new genre for me uh, which before um, had really been limited to more like Americanized and European um, you know cinema so I you know I'm again some pretty great scenes in there um, they're pretty pretty uh, iconic but um, yeah I would agree it's not horror but I just had to call it out uh, either way. Um, so the last movie on my list is, is one uh, that I saw many years ago, but it was weird. It was kind of a very interesting thought. It's called The Last Supper. Hmm. Um, so basically it's a story about this like very famed like uh, plastic surgeon. Um, he kind of went from like being kind of a dork to being like this super like icon, like very charming uh, very charismatic. Uh, and that kind of tells the, in a sequence of like, does a lot of like flashbacks into like where he got to start and uh, realize that he is like secretly a cannibal. Um, and that he's like, takes it kind of back to his early days in Hong Kong and kind of how he developed his, his taste for like women and women were his preference. Um, so kind of, um, 
it's kind of funny. He there's this whole like storyline about he's you know like promising his colleague that he'll like help with the wedding planning and like doing like this uh, like meet for the banquet. Um, so he you know ironically enough, I'm, I'm sure you can all guess like what he was <laughs> he was cooking up. But like at the same lines, the police are onto him. So it's like this like cat and mouse game. It's it's a very weird film, but um, I honestly there's very few films like in Asia cinema that I. I've come across that are really like cannibal based, um, which is really surprising actually to me because there's a lot of like history behind, um, you know, yes. back, back in the day of, of people eating children, like because there was such a food shortage and a meat shortage in like places like Hong Kong and um, a lot of like the Asian communities, Thailand, that that was pretty, that was pretty predominant. Um, as a matter of fact, like, uh, it has been said that that is like how Albert Fish, like the notorious serial killer, got his taste for human flesh is because somebody brought um, like brought basically like human meat back from her child back from uh, like the like continent of Asia and like fed it to him. And that's how he became. So that's like I kind of watched this. I was kind of kind of very taken back by it because I never really came across too many that kind of had that theme. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a good watch if you have a chance to check it out. It came out about like 15 years ago around there. It was probably, I think, 2000, 2005 around there. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty interesting movie. Um, it's kind of got a good like thriller police element to it, but it's definitely sort of got some graphic scenes in there as well uh, that are that are really well done. So if you have a chance, like check it out if you're looking for a, a good cannibal movie. It sounds actually. I think I, I. I actually think that sounds familiar. I don't think I've seen it, but I. I think I've. Uh, I, I know uh, the it, face, the Messiah Cato. I guess the that's the star of the, of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's a. I know that. I know his face. So I don't know if you knew this, Derek, but there's actually a very famous um, Japanese serial killer uh, cannibal who became like, almost like a celebrity. He wrote a book, and really? uh, yeah, uh, uh, they called him Pang. His writing. His, his real name is. Ise Sagawa, Ise Sagawa, but uh, he was living in Paris in the early 80s and uh, killed an eight, uh, uh, as at least one, I think maybe, maybe oh. people, but uh, he wrote a very famous book and he became almost, he was like on talk shows and shit in Japan in the, uh, in the uh, uh, 90s and early thousands. Um, uh, he's still alive, I think he's older, older man now, but. Uh, it's 71, yeah, yeah, just again, he was, uh, he he uh, killed and cannibalized a uh, Dutch woman, and yeah. then he was declared legally insane. So he, uh, yeah, well. he he's became scot free. Yeah, no, he's he's out. He's out or was out. Um, is, he, is he still alive? Uh, says he is, but I mean it's Wikipedia, so you never know. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, but he, but again, so you know, there's uh, anyways. But you know, one thing about I like doing doing the show is first off, it's always interesting when we have different movies and we can turn each other into movies. But also like. Like I said, sort of diving into not only the films themselves, but you know the historical or cultural, you know, uh, sort of implications of the movies and and the backgrounds of the movies and stuff. And uh, you know, it's it's definitely like I said when we started. Uh, I feel like now I, I'm even more compelled to see more Asian horror. Um, you know, I think uh, I think the you know the fun of doing a podcast, especially you know. Um, doing a, a movie podcast specifically and then even more specifically a horror movie podcast is when you think you you've seen everything or you think like oh you know there's 
there's no surprises out there in in the wastelands of horror cinema and then you go oh, fuck yeah there is there's tons of movies i haven't seen and you know it's 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 becomes motivation then to even you know expand your palette expand your uh your film knowledge so super fun yeah it's a good time i mean definitely have a lot on on your list that i i definitely want to check out now because uh because I, there you've always kind of. It's one of those things like you say, like, oh, I really got to check that out, and then you forget about it. Um, yeah. But again, it, it kind of revitalizes your your need to want to watch that. Before we close out, I did forgot to mention one movie that I did watch this week, uh, and I wanted to ask you about. Have you seen the movie Candy Corn? No. Uh, so, <laughs> I kind of know some people who were involved in that movie. You're talking about the one that came out last year, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know some traveling, traveling carnival. No. Yeah. 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 So I sort of know some people who were affiliated with that movie. uh, And when I say know them, um, it's why I didn't watch the movie. We'll just leave it. at (laughs) Okay. But uh, no, I haven't seen it, Uh, but I know some people really liked it. It's like super low budget though. Yeah. You know what? I, so I forgot. I actually, I put it on like my watch list and so I was just bored. I, I put it on. Uh, I was kind of doing some stuff around the house and I was watching it, but it, it was, you know, funny enough, two things I called out about real quick. One, there's a lot of repeat people that are in that movie that were in other Rob Zombie movies. Um, yes. That's not by accident. And okay, good. Cause I was like, man, this is like a poor man's Rob Zombie movie. Like it's like yeah. a poor man's captain Spalding is like Dr. Death. Uh, yes who also is uh yeah who played the little little uh, hitler in 31 that's correct he's yes um, correct i was like wow he's he's a dick in this movie too which is kind of funny um he's like sort of the mascot of the movie he's like on there, all the the like advertisements and yeah and anyways uh i watched it it was a very weird like i was like all right well yeah, maybe they're going somewhere with this like it, it, it was he was kind of like a, the person they resurrected was like a golem i i guess like um i don't know i don't know a thing about it it was it was, it was weird um <laughs> i'll leave it at that it was uh if you want to check it out check it out but i i don't i i don't know it was, it was definitely a poor man's rob zombie movie um, well yeah um there's that says a lot yeah again uh it, that's not coincidental um uh they they are uh i'm not gonna go there but yeah i mean the thing is I'm, I mean, it's a story for another day. Correct. Uh, and maybe off, not on podcast. Offline. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's how we do it. Well, you know, that, that another great episode, another great uh, day of learning uh, about uh, going into the side of uh, y'all's minds of movies and Asian movies today specifically. Uh, if you enjoy that conversation and you want to hear more uh, from the fellas, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. Lost my train of thought, but like what I was going to say. Like and subscribe. Smash that like button. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, go follow us on Spotify uh, and go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Uh, don't forget to follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at TankRodPod. It's T-A-N-K-R-O-D-P-O-D. And you can use the hashtag TankRodPod as well as hashtag TPMassacre. Uh, that's uh, Texas Podcast Massacre, but TP as in toilet paper. 
I was gonna say I'm gonna go do a TP mask right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Well, that's, that's all we need, folks. That's uh, yeah. that's our closing right there. You know, we're looking about the TP massacre on the on the face. Anyway, uh, yeah, thank you again for listening, guys. Thanks again so much for your insight. Yeah, what a great episode. If I say so myself, you know, it's all you take. Uh, yeah, all me, baby. You know, I just give you all the material. You know, I just like, hey, talk about these movies. And I'll let like, hey, you let you let us shine, and we appreciate we, it. We've you know never what? heard of those movies. Hey, hey, bud, good job. All hey. right, good job today. All right, cheers. Hey, yeah, a couple, hey. couple A and Dub, A and Dub, bud. Hey. Some diet A A Dub buds. All right. <laughs> where's, <laughs> your, where's your A and W, Derek? No, no, I, I, me, I, me, I have an empty tea container. Me and Jimothy were drinking the same diet soda. We're, we're trying, we're trying, we're trying to get that uh, sponsorship. <laughs> that's right that's right yeah right, obviously folks. blue blue shoes not paying off oh exactly. man well let's hope it does pay off for the people that take it but anyway uh that is neither here nor there that's for the relationship show uh but yeah no i'm tank rodriguez for jimothy james and dirty Derek. we'll see you on the next one peace peace peace